guys, it's Heather. This year we're having one service at 10 a.m. each Sunday in July. We're also starting a school of ministry. Visit wayo.org for more information. Join us on August 2nd for our back to school care fair event. This week we have Beverly speaking on God's covenant. Enjoy this message. I believe this is a season where we're going to see the goodness of God like we've never seen before in our lives. Now, I understand as Christians, we say God is good. And some of us even say God is good all the time. And all the time. And I'm all about that. But there's, there's a difference between saying it and experiencing it. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, there's a difference in somebody when they say God is good and they've experienced it and, and versus those who just know it intellectually. When you've tasted and experienced God is good, there's something that's a weightiness about that person's life. And so we've come to the conclusion that Exodus 33 is what we've been looking at for the last several weeks. Uh, and it's a very, very powerful portion of Scripture. And I'm just going to do a quick recap and then Bev's going to share a bit and then we'll, we'll pray. Moses, is, you know the story, is asking God to show him his glory. In verse 13 it says, I pray if I have found grace in your sight. Somebody say grace. Show me now your way that I might know you. And that I may and if I have found grace in your sight, consider with this nation as your people. And God responded, My presence will go with you, and I'll give you rest. In verse 19, God said, I'm gonna make all my goodness pass before you, Moses. In verse 22, so it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand when I pass by. I'd read that many, many, many times and never seen it so clearly that God was not protecting Moses from his anger. God was not protecting him from his power or even his wrath. He was protecting him from his goodness. Because God's goodness is so powerful that if you saw it all at one time, your physical body could not contain the power that's released in God's goodness. That's how God, good God is. Now, you can pervert it, right, God's goodness, or you can ignore it, but you can't exaggerate it. You can't exaggerate it, because my Bible says he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all you could even ever think or imagine. So you could just think of the most exaggerated statement you can make about the goodness of God, and that's not how good he is. He's even more good than what you can think or imagine or come up with. Think of the biggest, greatest prayer you could pray about receiving God's goodness, and it's higher, bigger, and grander than it. You cannot exaggerate God's goodness. So what's interesting, he said, I'm going to place you on a rock. And a rock speaks of covenant. And I'm going to hide you in the cleft of the rock. And Isaiah 54.10 says these words. And this is God's covenant. And this is where Bev's going to take off with us today. Isaiah 54 says something like this. Verse 10. For the mountains shall depart and the hills will be removed. But my kindness or goodness will not depart from you. Nor shall my covenant of peace be removed from you, says the Lord who has mercy on you. 
God's saying the whole heaven, mountains will pass away. Heaven and earth might even pass away. But my covenant of goodness will never, ever leave your life. As Psalm 23 declares so powerfully, goodness and mercy will hunt you down and will fight through, break through anything God has to do to get to you because of his covenant with his son, Jesus Christ, who died for us on the cross to release the new covenant of God. So we're calling this simple talk to you today, God's covenant goodness. And we believe that today God's going to release his goodness onto our life because of his covenant grace in Jesus' name. Come on, Beth. Come on, Beth. Good morning, everyone. It's always such an honor and a privilege to stand uh, behind this pulpit and to see your beautiful faces. And, you know, when Richard said, we, we've got a good church here. Come on, can we just thank God? for the freedom that we have in this place to worship. You know, they're fighting hard battles. They don't have this same liberty and this same freedom that we do. Uh, so I just thank God. And uh, as Kent said, my name is Beverly Maddox. I'm very honored to be a part of this ministry. And uh, I've been doing these little devotionals, a, a video presentation called Best Bite. Are any of y'all watching those? Well, I'm really enjoying doing them. So what I want you to look at this like is a Best Bite Live, all right? So we're not going to be here for a long time, but um, all of the worship this morning really inspired me because, you know, these, these are kids. Come on now. Don't tell me that kids don't love God. Don't tell me that college students don't love God. Come on. You need to give God some glory. They could be anywhere in the world, but they're here on Sunday morning leading us in worship. And um, by the way, thank you all for praying for my voice. I, I know that most of y'all really kind of dread me getting up here sometimes because I'm so loud. But you know, we've already broken through, so we're not in that breakthrough season, so there won't be any human shofaring going on this morning. I'll just be sharing. But I want to read this to you, and this is from a 17-year-old girl that's uh, just graduated, getting ready to head to school, my girl Caitlin. And uh, y'all just keep her in your prayers. She's um, really believing for a true breakthrough. But she wrote these words, and I posted them on my Facebook little page. I only have that. I don't really interact except to do the devotionals. But this just rocked my world because this is, this is the heart of a teenage girl that has already come into God's goodness. She understands God's covenant goodness and the peace that comes with that. So listen to this. For those of you who are in the middle of a storm or about to walk through one, God will shake and rattle your world until you move in His name. Uh-huh, come on now. That's because He loves you, not your mess. Don't get that mixed up. Sometimes we feel broken and we're not so sure when the breaking happened. We just know we're not right. Most of the time, our hearts aren't prepared for the catastrophic change we're going through, which makes that transition even more painful. If you don't know how to move out of that mess you're in, ask Him to move you. I've said it before and I'll say it again. What you think you want is hardly ever what God has planned for you because His plan is always better. Ladies and gents, ask the Lord to prepare your heart. You can't do it on your own, so claim His peace and claim it now come on now I thought that 
is just incredibly insightful because she understands, look, y'all, things change. I mean, we're, we're all transitioning. We're all changing. And we are changing right now into an amazing time in the kingdom of God. And uh, this isn't my revelation that I'm sharing with you, but it so impacted me. A lady shared it with me in North Carolina. And I'm going to build up to it because last week when Kent was talking about the goodness of God, I started thinking about that scripture, you know, when God hid Moses in the cliff of the rock. All right, so you understand that by the time we get to this portion of Scripture, the rock has already been following them all the way through the wilderness. Now, come on now. I don't know all of the statistics of how many, we, we had it at one time, how many carloads of manna it would have taken to have fed the Israelites in the wilderness every single day. I mean, there, there were up to six million of these. Nobody knows exactly how many people were in the wilderness with women and children. We have no idea. But we know it was somewhere between three million and six million people. So you think about the rock that was following them through the wilderness. So you know this could not have been a little trickle. Now come on. You got three to six million thirsty, rebellious, stiff-necked, angry ex-slaves that were at least used to getting water, right? So this rock is following them, and this is what it says. It says... Jesus, the rock, showed up in Exodus 17, 6 to demonstrate God's goodness for a tribe of thirsty ex-slaves that were complaining about everything. This is what God told Moses. I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai. Strike the rock and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock as he was told and water gushed out as the elders locked on like a waterfall. Now, I want you to really understand what that would have looked like. There would have been plenty of water every single day. And there wasn't a little pipe stuck in it that they came with a little spigot and turned it on and everybody came along with their little pails. No. It was like a waterfall that began to gush out because that's how Jesus is. He's a gushy, loving, generous, amazing, magnificent, all power, all Lord, omnipotent God. And so he didn't just give them a little trickle in the wilderness. So they all drank and their thirst was quenched. This event is confirmed throughout the Bible. In Psalm 78, he split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink. In Psalm 105, 41, he opened the rock and waters gushed out. They ran into the dry desert. In Psalm 114, 8, which turned the rock into standing water, the flint into a fountain like a waterfall. Isaiah 48, 21, and they thirsted not when he led them through the deserts. He caused them to drink. And then on into the New Testament, which is the new covenant. Covenant, 1 Corinthians 10, 4, and all did drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that water. And I just, as Kent was sharing about Moses and the cleft of the rock, I thought about how real that was. And how incredible it had to have been. But you know, they took it for granted. You know, they didn't even stop and think about what a supernatural happening that that was right in the midst of them. They just knew that their immediate need was being satisfied. Does that resonate with anybody in the house? 
You know, God is always performing supernatural miracles in the midst of our natural lives. We just have to be on the lookout. Look, I'm going to tell you, after you've traveled in a few foreign countries and you have to pee in a pot and you don't have running water, you have to go out to the well to get it. And when you get back to your house, you thank God. Not only is there running water, there's hot water. And all you do is you turn the spigot on and my God, there it is. You know, in a lot of places, that's just not their experience. So now, we get on over to where Kent just read in Exodus 34, 19. And Moses has spent so much time with God because, you know, there was so much arguing going on and trying to manage that many people. Can you only imagine it? I mean, if you've got four kids and you're trying to get them here on a Sunday morning, you know what that's like. Can you imagine trying to get six million people moved over to the next destination when that cloud by day and that fire by night when that was moving and Moses had to tell them all? If you can only imagine where he started and how the word had to flow through the whole troop to get to the end of it so everybody knew to pack up and move. I mean, that's a lot of work. And so he spent a lot of time with God. And they became friends. They became such friends that God said that Moses is my friend. To him, I speak face to face. So by the time we get into Exodus 34, 19, Moses has asked for something. Hang on, hang on, wait a minute. I think I've maybe jumped over. Oh, no, I'm right here. I'm right on time. Okay, so here, here is what the whole word today for me, when I was listening last week, it's about the covenant that God made because he was really fulfilling the Abrahamic covenant. Yes. And so, oh, I'm just come on, amen. amen. Keep, it yes. to, keep it to a down low, bro. So, <laughs> that's a little distracting over there to the right. So, I'm just saying... God was fulfilling a covenant. So we're in Exodus 34, 19. And he said, behold, I make a covenant. And this is, I want to pause here for just a second. I told Ken, I don't have a little horn in my pocket that's going to remind me that I had 12 minutes. But I want to talk about that word covenant because, you know, in our culture, you don't really hear a lot about the word covenant. You don't hear the word honor. You don't hear the words integrity and character. But God has integrity and he has character and he wanted to honor his covenant. And so this is what he said. Behold, I make a covenant before all your people. I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth nor in any nation. And all the people among whom you are shall see the work of the Lord. For it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. God cut covenant with the Israelites. But in Hebrew, that word is bereath. And it really is not a part of our culture the way that it is still a part of the culture where you're traveling. You understand that there are covenants in place that people honor. What that word means is to make a treaty, an alliance between men, to be in league with a constitution, an ordinance, an agreement, a pledge, an alliance of friendship, an alliance of marriage, a relationship between between God and man. Oh, come on now. This is for you. I hope you're hearing every single word of it. Because when that covenant was cut, it was cut for us, you see. God is honoring a covenant that to this moment impacts our lives. It's an alliance of friendship 
covenant as a divine constitution or ordinance with signs or pledges. So God had cut covenant with the tribe of Israel right after the Ten Commandments were given, after the law was given for us, their promises and blessings. But I understand that an entire culture was built around them, but it was for their own well-being. It wasn't necessarily so that another 878 laws would be added to it to keep them in bondage. Come on now, somebody help me just a little bit because you know what I'm talking about. God made promises and he gave us a way of communicating with him. If we listen to those, there are ten of them. How easy could that be? Or should be. But it's not. It gets complicated. So during this time, Moses came to know God as a friend, confidant, and counselor. He was close enough to ask by Exodus 33, 18-34, Please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness. Now, come on. This word right here is a very good word. In Hebrew, it's twob. Good in the widest sense, especially goodness, concrete, the best, the most beautiful, gladness, welfare, fair, goodness, joy. It will go well with them. So God says, I will make all of my twom pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But, he said, you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me. Come on now. They'd already seen the rock. They already knew that there was a provision in the making for them. All they ever needed was right there. God had already provided. He says, I'm going to put you right here by me. And you shall stand on the rock. And while my, come on now, could it have been the same rock? I'm just asking. Let me just throw that out there on the waters. Could that be? Could it be the same rock that he stood upon? This rock that had gushed waterfalls to quench their thirst, their natural thirst, and now their spiritual thirst is about to be slaked as well. Could it have been the same rock? I think it might could have been. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Now, this isn't the first time that I've taught this word because it really changed my life the first time that I read it. And I had immediate reactions to it because I understood in my life, in my history, I didn't really understand a lot about God's goodness. But when I read that, I saw that. I understood that there is a glory that God wants us to experience. And for me, that translates to peace. You see, I was 31 years old when I read this portion of Scripture for the first time. And it changed my life. But I had an understanding because I had a very, very, very sad past. Very sad. And I didn't want to live there, and I didn't want to linger there. And what I saw in God telling Moses, he's like, look, 
I, I can't let you look at my face, but what I can let you do is I can let you look ahead because he didn't want him looking back to his past. Come on now. He doesn't want us dwelling on the past because there's a future glory for every single one of us. And what God did is when he removed his hand, Moses was able to look beyond, come on now, the past and look into the future of what God had for him and for the tribes of Israel. Now I'm getting to the good part and I'm hitting on my 12 minutes. I know I'm running up on it. But what happened to me in North Carolina was this. After the conference, a beautiful woman came to me and she said, hey, she said, I have, I have a testimony. She said, the Lord really showed me something so cool. And I said, wow, tell me. And she said, you know about the rock that followed the Israelites around? I said, yeah. I said, that's Jesus. She said, it is. I said, yes, it is Jesus. And she said, well, you know how he poured out water? She said, well, I saw it like a waterfall. And I said, yes. I said, I can believe that. She said, but you know, then God started showing me something. She said, I saw Jesus on the cross. And she said, you know when they pierced his side? I said, yeah, I do. I do. I said, that's, that's why we're here. I said, you know, that's when the church was born. And she said, yes. She said, water began to pour out of his side. She said, and I saw it like a waterfall. And she said, and then the blood began to pour out of his side. And she said, and I saw the washing of the word. She said, and I saw the protection of the blood. And she said, and it reminded me of that scene in that movie. She said, have you ever seen The Last of the Mohicans? And I said, yeah. I said, with Daniel Day-Lewis? She goes, oh, yeah. She goes, this is a great movie. She said, but do you remember the waterfall scene? I think we might have a... So can you see the waterfall? They're on the inside of the waterfall. And their enemies, the Mohicans, are following them. Mm. And they can see their enemies, but because of the waterfall, their enemies can't see them. So the revelation that came is in the washing of the Word. As we come to know Christ Jesus through the Word of the living God, and we begin to live under the protection of the blood covenant, we're hidden from our enemies, and we've got all authority because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ to walk and demonstrate our authority and to live in the blood covenant and the goodness and the mercy and the peace that Jesus Christ poured out that waterfall of living water and living blood to hide us and to protect us and to keep us. My God was that good. I, I, I got so happy. I mean, now... I've added a little bit to it. But when she shared that, it was like something on the inside of me just caught fire. I mean, I'm pretty passionate anyway. But that's truth, you see. That's what God's goodness looks like. That's what God's blood covenant of goodness looks like. He's hidden us behind a waterfall of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And our enemies can't come near us. The only authority that they have is the authority that you give them. And I'm going to remind you of the word tuom. 
It means all things good, all things blessed, all things beautiful. And I'm going to end with this. My mom understood the covenant of God. She had five kids under the age of 14. Jesus was everything to her. Everything to her. I could have never, at 14 years old when I left home, imagined the future that God had planned for me. And I'm sure Moses couldn't understand anything after he killed that first little Israelite out there or Egyptian protecting the Israelites. And he just went and ran, you know, and I ran. I ran for a lot of years. But let me tell you what I did. I ran from the projects to the power of the blood. And I have never looked back. And God has put us in the middle of one of the biggest moves of God ever known on the face of the earth. We ended up in a ministry where God's healing power, the power of the blood covenant changed lives every single time we showed up anywhere. And we've come here. God's allowed us to pastor this church, to be a part of a move of God to see your lives change to see this community this state this nation and my God if it took from being in the projects to understand the power of the blood if he did it for me my God my God what's he gonna do for you what is he going to do for you Hallelujah. Come on, just stand right on up. Give him some glory. Give him some glory. Give him some glory. Yes. Yes. Oh, it's the power of the blood. Uh Uh-huh. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Whatever you need right now, it's here in this house. You brought it with you. Every one of you brought your gifts with you. And you're going to take them with you when you leave here. You are the light of the world. And remember, God's covenant goodness is the peace that passes all understanding. And you have all the power because you are in covenant relationship with Him. Kent, what you want to do now, Doc? I want to say something. That's powerful. Woo! We, we want to commit. This is... We're communicating to you, hopefully, this. God's goodness is not based on your behavior. It's not based on my righteousness or Bev's righteousness or your righteousness. It's based in covenant. That's what we're wanting to communicate to you. That it's a covenant-based reality, not a wish. You don't need to leave here today wishing, I hope God's going to be good. Or, I wish I hadn't have done that, that, and that last week so that God could be good. We want you to leave knowing there's only one foundation of God's goodness. It's the rock. And the rock is Christ. And the rock is the covenant on which we stand. The blood, the, the number seven is the number of covenant. Jesus shed his blood on the cross seven times, obtaining the covenant names of God. For your, We think it was just about sins being forgiven. But he obtained the covenant promises. When he, when he dropped blood from his brow, the crown of thorns, he became Jehovah, our peace. Our covenant of peace. Jehovah Shalom. When his back was whipped, 
and he shed blood. He became Jehovah Rapha, our healer. When they nailed his feet and hands, it says he teaches our hands to war. He became Jehovah Nissi, the Lord who fights all your battles for you. You're not having to fight your own battles anymore. With his hands, with his feet, he became Jehovah Shema, the Lord ever present with me. The Lord who walks with me and talks with me 24 hours a day. God's presence isn't yours because you live in righteousness. God's presence is yours because He is your righteousness. He became Jehovah Sitkanu, the Lord, your righteousness with the shedding of His blood. And when they stuck a sword in His side and it gushed forth blood and water, as Bev said, this is the shepherd, Jehovah Rohe. That's the shepherd. That's why I told you when we began, Psalm 23, goodness and mercy are going to hunt you down. Not because you're good, because we got a good shepherd. Come on, somebody. Woo! Hey, Bev, come over here with me. And we want to re- end with this song of worship. And we want to release this goodness of God. And this this. This song is, Oh, Come to the Altar. But I got a revelation when they sang it last time. This didn't come to the altar and get saved. This isn't come to the altar and, you know, repent, even though that's all awesome. When they're singing, for me, this this big revelation, this song, is when you say, come to the altar, come to see in your revelation the altar of sacrifice. Jesus has already paid everything that needs to be paid at the altar. So when we're saying come to the altar, we're saying come to the covenant place. Come to the place where Jesus cut covenant with you and demonstrated God's love for you. So that when you leave this place today and the devil puts his ugly head up towards you in the morning with a fear of lack or disease or loss or fear of death, you can stand boldly in the blood of Jesus and you can declare through the word of God, the word and his blood covenant, you have no right or authority. I am a blood-bought, born-again, redeemed believer in the blood of Jesus. I have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb from the hand of the enemy. Woo! So Bev and I just join our faith today and we say, Father, in this moment of worship, we thank you that fears are going to be defeated. We thank you that bodies are being healed. We thank you that revenues, different revenues for resources, different veins of resources are being unlocked. Lord, I thank you that even as Bev and I witnessed last night, as we watched one of the old Benny Hinn videos, Lord, I thank you the anointing that's on his life and our life and what we've been raised in is now coming on this church in a greater portion, the anointing to heal the sick, cast out devils, and see the miraculous. Lord, I thank you the blood has paid the price so that we could not just receive the anointing, but we could be the anointing and move in the anointing. So, Father, I thank you today for the goodness of God being released in our midst as we worship you and we thank you for the blood sacrifice and the blood covenant that you have cut with us so that we can experience your goodness not a hopeful wish not just a dream of pie in the sky but God your blood covenant has paid the price so we can taste and see that you are good come on let's worship him just a minute come on I hope you enjoyed this message. For more content like this, please visit wordalive.tv or download the Wayo app. 
If you're ready for your next step, jump into Freedom Track anytime. Have a great week.